12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Now, a bar opened up around four months ago. It's one of a kind cocktail bar, Nighthawk. It strives to be an unpretentious, hospitable haven of futuristic nostalgia inspired by the emotion of urban alienation, invoked by Edward Hopper's mid century masterpiece, Nighthawks. And joining me on the show to tell us all about this bar. Is industry veteran Peter Chua, who's co owner at the bar. Welcome. Hey, Adrian. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Let's start by talking about the inspiration behind the theme of the bar, Peter. Tell me more. Yeah, so basically, it started with、uh, a painting,、uh, which you mentioned in the opening. It was essentially myself looking at the picture and realizing that the feelings that it invoked from urban alienation、uh, is something that bars naturally just do very well. By taking the guests out from their normal day to day lives and kind of making them feel secluded in a space, even though in the city or metropolis of Singapore with about 5 million people, it's still a very strong possibility for you to kind of feel alone if you want to be. And bars tend to be a haven for that. So we kind of took that idea and ran with it. Uh, and use the painting as an aesthetic standpoint for how the bar should look. But、uh, obviously, an emotion alone is not enough to create an entire concept. So, we took it one step further and thought about how, if we were to play with a bit of a time capsule and took this idea of the convergence of the past, the present, and future and blend it to one and use that ethos throughout the entire bar, you know, how would it look like? That's essentially how Nighthawk came about. Hence, that's why we kind of broken up the two words into a, a singular night and hawk as opposed to. Uh, Edward Hopper's masterpiece, which、uh, refers to the actual bird,、uh, Nighthawk, which is、uh, in one word. So, yeah, so we kind of took that ethos and did it with everything we did from the aesthetics.、Uh, for example, like we took a retro modern initial kind of, of, of take for the For the main look of the space, but we kind of accent it with futuristic looks like chrome linings, mirrors, with a bit of holographic and iridescent、uh, materials around,、uh, playing with textures and weird and odd shapes that wouldn't necessarily fit into a retro modern design.、Uh, we also put that into all the kind of I guess the small stimulating pieces that we have around the room.、Um, like, even let's say we begin with the, the menus, we have a menu that is. Reminiscent of a 1960s matchbook that you'll find in pubs and hotels. And we kind of made it into a digital menu, so to speak. So you have something tangible to hold. When you open it up, it's a QR code that sends you to a website that、uh, is very useful for us when we travel as well. Because when we bring Nighthawk on the road, what we do is we actually put a special menu with a special QR code for our guests for that night. Um, so, it's a good、uh, kind of interaction thing.、Uh, we also have, for example, like the lights we have are、uh, not just regular lights, they're smart lights that we can force them to sync to the music so that we can create a bit of a almost like a, a, a visual stimulant for when the guests we feel that the energy is a little bit low.、Um, we also have a,、um, a flipboard, one of those old airport flipboards that we can control with an app and design pixel art on it as we so choose to do. So, That also carries on to like the drinks as well, the cocktails, which is obviously the main thing we sell,、uh, and the food. We took classic dishes or drinks and we basically use modern techniques to kind of extract different flavors, textures,、uh, and colors to give the, the guests a new experience. And also because we are very、uh, well aware that the, the camera kind of drinks、uh, before anyone else. So we know that we kind of have to make things a bit more aesthetically pleasing as well for this new age of social media. But that's essentially what Nighthawk was kind of born from. And、uh, has kind of transformed into in the last four months. It's just so well thought out, this concept that is Nighthawk. We'll get to the drinks and the food in just a little bit. But, you know, as I mentioned in my intro, you, you're a veteran on the Singapore cocktail scene. Peter, how has that experience helped you while you were setting up Nighthawk? 
obviously, you know, experience, uh, it's more valuable than any curriculum that you can go and learn from. So um, I'm quite lucky in a sense that when I first uh, started taking bartending professionally, because, I mean, let's be honest, in Singapore, nobody actually, like, you know, grows up and be like, I want to be a professional bartender. <laughs> so, and it's also, there's a lot of stigma with it, right? Yes. So went through the same kind of route. I actually started my passion for it because of two things. One was when I initially decided that, hey, I'm converting from being a club bartender that was just making drinks uh, for money and for the chicks uh, and just for the club. I realized that, you know, like, you know, I could actually pursue a career in this uh, was when I was kind of approached for a job that turned out to be about, that's quite well loved in Singapore now, called 28 Hong Kong Street about 11 years ago. Uh, and it was there that I realized you could do a lot of things um, that the bartending that I was used to didn't really offer. For example, it sounds stupid to me now, but I realized how much that was a kind of a come to Jesus moment for me was when uh, Michael who was then my my GM slash mentor slash head bartender slash antagonizer and slave driver <laughs> uh, he basically was like hey Peter go make some simple syrup and I was like simple syrup I was like I thought we bought that at the store and uh, and he was like no 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 we, we make it it's called simple syrup because it's simple to make and then that kind of started me on a journey of realization and, and fascination of, of the world of bartending you know putting things together to make them taste good making them from scratch, putting in the creativity and trying to figure out how you can take an idea in your head, something that's intangible, and making it something tangible for the guests to try and experience and taste. Uh, and that was the second part of why I decided to be a professional bartender as well, was because it kind of gave me that creative outlet that uh, that I used to get from music. Fun fact about me was that I was actually trying to pursue a professional career in music because my dad's a professional musician. So so that was my kind of like come to Jesus moment uh, when I realized that, you know, this is something I want to pursue. So moving forward from there, I was quite fortunate working with the 20 Hong Kong Street family. Uh, my my then bosses opened up a new company called Proof & Company where I quickly joined as a, uh, as they call it, a spirits, was it evangelist or journeyman? I can't remember what it was. It's quite a title. Yeah, I know, right? It uh, sounds like a, almost like a cult. <laughs> uh, but yeah. We joined in and what happened was my main role was to obviously teach and train younger bartenders of spirits and stuff. But more importantly, I was in the creative arm where we were, as a group of us, designing and creating bars that um, people will come to know and love in Singapore like uh, Manhattan and Atlas. Uh, and my also, honestly, one of my pet projects, my little baby, was uh, Charles H. in Seoul, which uh, I spent about close to two months in Seoul just to start it up as well. So going through that that route of of seeing how bars came from from an idea to being put on paper, and then to finally coming to fruition and seeing it as a, an actual breathing and living space. Obviously, uh, I, I learned a lot about it, and it helped a lot with uh, making the smarter, not necessarily right, but smarter decisions or decisions that would give me a higher chance of success when it came to designing Nighthawk. Uh, and of course, along the lines, you know, one of the bars that we that they kind of pulled me out to kind of uh, start and create was Junior the Pocket Bar about almost six years ago now. I mean, four years, if you don't count the two years of the dark ages of, of, of COVID. I mean, no, no bars existed then. But in general, Junior was kind of created as a space where we could put concepts and ideas and incubate it for about six months, see if it worked, and then go on to the next one or potentially sell the concept. So that was kind of where that idea of, of playing concepts kind of accelerated within my, my career. So when we were thinking and designing Nighthawk, I realized that you can basically make any bar from any concept if you understood the mechanics of how and why you're doing it and then execute it well. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we had this conversation when I was recently at Nighthawk about you being in the industry, what, 16 years, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I've been working in F&B for 16 years. 
See, there you go. He knows all the tricks and trades of the F&B industry, uh, not just here in Singapore. Let's talk about the drinks because, of course, that is the main attraction of the bar besides the the vibe. My favorite one is the Cake Artist Fix because it's got a a special, um, almost like a pancake on top and the presentation. (laughs) You did say the camera drinks first. What are some of the other must-try drinks at this bar? I mean, I could go through the whole list because they're all delicious, but if you had to pick a few, what would they be? Mm, Well, I think number one would be probably a namesake. Part of a, a small thing that we do about the drinks as well. They are all inspired by something that you can find in a diner. So uh, the drink you mentioned, the Cake Artist Fix, was actually inspired by maple pancakes, you know, mm. breakfast at a diner. Um, but of, but I think one of the main highlights that people are quickly growing to love quite a bit uh, is a drink called uh, Nighthawks, which is basically a hot and cold express martini. And it's the only drink on the menu that doesn't follow our specific naming uh, algorithm that we have. It's the one that's literally named after the painting and our, and our inspiration. Um, this drink was inspired by two things. One was the, obviously, we wanted to make something that's based on coffee uh, because we are uh, basically affiliated with Five R's Coffee Roasters. Uh, so we get some very good coffee to play with. Uh, and number two, it also was something that we really wanted to uh, to try. Um, this is not an original idea. I actually kind of was inspired by Luke Worthy's uh, Operation Dagger cocktail called the Hot and Cold. So I wanted to make a drink that was both hot and cold as well. And I thought that given that espresso martinis were becoming a trend again, I was like, why not let's just do it but in our way and blend two flavor profiles and two uh, complementary styles of drinks that I know will work. So we basically take a coconut, uh, maple, foam that we keep at about 60 to 61 degrees celsius uh and the base of the kind of espresso martini is a cobra concentrate from five ores and we use uh, a mix of rum vodka and amaro and a bit of chocolate in it and a touch of salt uh, to kind of give the entire drink its its character so by drinking it you start off with when you you have to take a big gulp from this one of course so when you take a, a sip from the drink you go through the foam which is warm it is creamy it's viscous uh it's got a, a vanilla it's got maple it's got coconut and then as that sensation is going down the back of the throat the cocktail kicks in uh that is cold refreshing it's got the nice chocolate bitterness, it's coffee, it's got the spices and all those good things in there. So yeah, it's quite a, a journey uh, through the palate uh, and it's one of the drinks that's very, very quickly becoming one of our guests' um, top favorite. Uh, and also, I mean, the garnish is a little bit interesting. It's a feather that's held on by a wax seal that carries our motif that's held on by a magnet. Uh, we might change that soon. So keep uh, an eye out for our socials because we are going to change it to something edible because people have been trying to eat the wax seal. Uh, and <laughs> no yeah, I way. don't want a lawsuit on my hands. Yeah, dude, man. <laughs> We keep telling them, don't eat it, don't eat it. No, it's a magnet. Don't pull it out. The magnet will drop it. People still do it anyway. People just uh, so, want to people, right? Exactly. <laughs> so we, we are going to protect them from themselves soon. We're going to change it to something pretty cool. So that's one of the drinks. Uh, the other will be, um, so I know it's a weird name. So most of our drinks, to stay true to our kind of convergence of past, present, and future, we have usually one word in the in the cocktail will always be named after something either cyberpunkish, sci-fi, or astrological. And they would have like a common noun or verb at the end just to give it a nice ring or, or to give it some actual meaning. So the Gamma Holiday, um, like its name suggests, is a bright green cocktail. That's kind of inspired by the idea of juice in a diner. Uh, and also a bit of a, uh, within the team, we wanted to create a better version of the Midori Sour. Because there was another drink that was coming from the depths of cocktail law and making a resurgence again. So we thought, hey, why not we do a good version of it? So uh, this one basically has a has Midori as a uh, a blend of pineapple and a uh, we call it super lemon or super juice. 
which I will explain in a bit. Touch of Jenna from Hendrix. And then we put obviously Midorian and we finish off with Bitter Gourd. So Bitter Gourd sounds like a weird ingredient. Uh, and it is honestly, but the bitter gourd and the amount that we use is just slightly bitter enough so that it cuts through all the fruity sweetness as well to give you a kind of like a, a long finish at the back of the palate. Uh, and we put this into like a long, tall drink. So there's a bit of soda water in there. It makes it refreshing and a, a very much a, a thirst quencher. So yeah, so that's another one of our top favorites. And I think the third one was actually, if I had to pick three more that isn't a kick artist fix, I would say the Black Hole Sun. It's a bit more decadent. Uh, it's basically inspired by ice cream float. So we have a kind of like a bourbon raspberry fizz in there that comes with a scoop of ice cream on top and some raspberry popping candy. It's served in a matte black glass as well. So hence the name Black Horse Sun, kind of inspired by some garden surf song. Mm. So that drink is quite cool because if you drink it on its own, it's a clean, refreshing, slightly tart uh, raspberry fizz. But it, And if you eat it on the ice cream on the side, it's a nice garnish. If you let the ice cream melt in there deliberately, then the entire drink takes on a new persona, a new flavor profile, and just tastes like a raspberry ripple ice cream uh, cocktail. One of two drinks that uses ice cream in the cocktail, right? Yeah, yeah. The other one's the uh, Milky Way Treat, which is basically, for the lack of a better explanation, it is a alcoholic milkshake. It's everything a milkshake has and alcohol. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. Cognac, hazelnut, almond, peanut butter, mm-hmm. and ice cream. It is fantastic. And we're finding out all about Singapore's, well, one of Singapore's latest cocktail bars. It's called Nighthawk, started by industry veteran Peter Schwab. We've talked about the drinks and your history and all this experience you have in the industry, but you also offer some delicious food. Tell me more. Oh, yeah. So the thing about a lot of bars is that they kind of neglect their food a little bit, or at least, you know, they don't pay it as much attention as they do the drinks. Uh, for our side, we did try to make sure that we had a sustainable and uh, very substantial food menu as well, because sometimes people just want to eat and sit and drink rather than go to dinner and come back. So, yeah. So similarly to the drinks, we took an uh, idea from um, an American diner uh, and we just elevated the food a little bit. So, for example, we have a... Just going to give a, a couple quick ones here. For example, we have a uh, Wagyu beef um, double cheeseburger that we have. Uh, f- obviously, from a cheeseburger that you can find in the diner. We took the idea of grilled corns uh, and gave it and made it into a kind of grilled baby corns as well. If a house-made dressing of some butter sauce and some uh, nuts and Parmesan cheese. And uh, we also took the idea of mac and cheese and kind of elevated it into like a sriracha mac and cheese. Uh, so yeah, so these are the few kind of items that we have as well to kind of keep people satiated and so that they can keep them in their seats that, that they won't have to go to a restaurant they don't want to because one of the small issues with our bars uh, that also lends to its its vibes it's, it's tiny space because it creates a very cozy atmosphere um, but the problem is that there's only so many people we can fit um, and by having most people like especially in Singapore wanting to come after dinner there's a surge and we often especially on weekends have to turn people away so our regulars have learned the best way to do it is to either come on a slightly less busier day like Tuesdays or Wednesdays or come in earlier at 6 o'clock or when the doors open and just camp out there because we have, we can feed you, we will keep you drunk and we, know we have music to keep you entertained and so many things to look around in the bar. Uh, and in the worst case scenario, we have bartenders with subpar banter, including myself, uh, that will keep you entertaining to, to say the least. 
Yeah, not subpar banter. They actually have very good banter. Over at Nighthawk, you mentioned the food, um, elevated diner food. I mean, that's probably the best description, as you rightly mentioned. You were in Thailand for Asia's 50 best bars earlier this year, towards the end of April, and you were spreading the love of Nighthawk there. But more recently, you've gone back to Thailand. You've also done Vietnam. What's been the response like to these international guest shifts for a bar that's still very young? Uh, it's been good, man. I mean, like, I've been very fortunate in the sense that through my career, I've built quite a bit of a network uh, amongst my industry peers uh, around the region. So, like, even when we did the uh, Asia's 50 Best Bars well, for the ceremony and we're doing a bunch of pop-ups and stuff, the bar wasn't even open. But I knew it was a good time to kind of see the idea and the brand in because there was a high chance at that point in time that travels would be fully open sooner rather than later. So I really wanted people to be prepared about it and to come and keep us in their radar when they're visiting Singapore. So that was that, that, that idea. But uh, apart from that, now that the bar is full-blown open, social media is running, people can check online about about what we do and see what we post and have an inkling of, of the drinks we serve and the space and how it should feel. Um, they're quite excited to have us bring ourselves over there because one of the things we try to do is to really, really bring as much of the experience of Nighthawk as possible. I mean, albeit we can't bring the entire vibes and the ambience there, but the least we could do is we try to bring uh, as much of the garnishes and stuff to make the drinks look and taste as as closely as we can uh, locally. Because the biggest problem with with doing a gas shift is that produce and products are different. Uh, so you got to play around with things to try to bring the, the authentic experience over. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we bring our menus over there so that the guests of the bars that we're doing, the pop-up at and the guest shift at can also understand how our guests will feel when they receive uh, the menu with the, the small little mint inside, you know, and the QR code they scan to look through the menu that's specially curated for that event. So yeah, I mean, we even bring our uniforms and stuff uh, for places that allow us to play our music we also bring in the music so we try to create as much of the nighthawk experience as we can and that's why when i travel for work now i try to to bring one other bartender with me as well uh, for two things one is so that uh, they can learn how uh, an international guest shift functions and understand part of the the perks and the joys of working in this close-knit community also so that i won't be the only one making drinks and be stuck behind the weeds smashing out like 30 dockets and not being able to talk to the guests at all because that's the worst thing you can do is when you have like i think one of the craziest guest shifts i ever did was when i was my time as the uh, diplomatical brand ambassador was myself and my colleague sai who was the the ba for uh, pacific we were in Starbucks in Shanghai, in the Starbucks Reserve. They have a bar called Bar Mix Store. And we did something ridiculously crazy, like 450 drinks in three hours. I mean, physically, it's not not possible, but we had a slew of, of Chinese uh, bartenders at the back to help us. We had six of them. So all we could do was literally keep our heads down and make drinks and once in a while lift our heads to smile for the cameras. But yeah, that was not a gas shift. That was more like a, a factory output, which is fun, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it was tiring and we couldn't really deliver the, the experience we wanted to for, for the rum brand. So learning from that experience, I decided that much rather than that force um, a single bartender to bear the weight of a heavy gas shift, I would, as much as, as, as financials afford it and as much as time affords it, uh, we would like to bring... Uh, at least two bartenders on the road whenever they, they, they do a gas shift so that they can have that, that chat. 
have that banter, show the Singaporean hospitality and show the people that you will meet and the kind of, of vibes that you get uh, when you're meeting any one of us. Because we are not just representing our own brand, but we're also representing the, the local bar community. So we kind of want to make sure that we put it in a good light. Yeah, best bar community in the world. And it's just so nice for you to take your younger bartenders so that they can learn on the job. You also take the feather for the Nighthawks cocktail as well. I hope people haven't been eating that. No, man, they've been stealing it. Oh, Trust no! Me. Yeah, I think I, I think I need to start a fu- uh, tip jar for funds for feathers, man. <laughs> funds yeah, for and feathers. Also I, hope, I hope those feathers are fake as well because I feel bad for the ducks that they're plucking from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we wrap this up, Peter, let's quickly also just touch on the fact of when you actually opened the bar, we've seen um, multiple cocktail bars that were there pre-pandemic, opened during the pandemic, but you also... You opened up as uh, restrictions eased. Was that always the plan for you to open up when everything cleared up or did it just like coincide? Oh man, we got lucky. Honestly, we were holding it off for quite a bit, uh, mainly because we didn't know what to expect. So finally, after a while looking at, at, I mean, looking at the timeline, there's only so long we can hold it off for. And we said, okay, this is the date we need to pull the trigger. Uh, We already started hiring people. We know when they're coming in, uh, construction's on the way, uh, even factoring the delay. So we knew that, all right, the 6th of June was when we were going to open. Because you know, most of my partners and I were, were Chinese, right? So six is a good number. You know, it means luck. As luck would have it, uh, in May, uh, we received the news that, you know, social distancing will be taken away. Certain places, you wouldn't have to wear masks outdoors and, and all that stuff. And all the restrictions being eased. And uh, for us, it was a, was a very good sign that we were stepping with the right foot forward and in the best of circumstances. Uh, because with, with Junior, uh, with my, my other company, Junior Productions, which... Um, which is Junior the Pocket Bar, and we actually were one of the the things we're doing is we would help to build and create bars as well for for investors and co-own it and operate it for them. And one of those p- projects that we kind of started on was Nemesis down by Duxon Hill. That one was kind of open near the cusp of what we thought was going to be the end of COVID, but turns out uh, it wasn't, which was exactly in September in 2021. So we ended up having to fight through another almost six months of restrictions, which includes, I think the worst ever was the two-pack through with no music. That was like the worst for bars because we strive on creating an experience and ambience. Music is the biggest part of it. And then two-packs, I mean, how many times can you see the same person over and over again? Yeah, that's true. You have to see a different person every time. Yeah, so it became uh, became almost a... uh, it was it was one of the the worst time for for bar venue. So for us running Nemesis, then it was very painful because you know you had to worry about the staffing. You know you don't want to pay too much for the staff, but you also don't want to not pay your staff because they're good and you want to retain staff. So there's a lot of issues with the utilities and all that. Um, but yeah, so with Nighthawk, we were just lucky, man. Just very lucky. Yeah, I think the best part about it is that, you know, we can, we've seen the light at the end of the tunnel. Everything is back to normal right here in Singapore. And it is so good to see because bars finally can operate the way they want to. We've been finding out all about Nighthawk, one of Singapore's latest bars. It's a one-of-a-kind cocktail bar, strives to be an unpretentious hospitable haven for futuristic nostalgia being in conversation with peter chua who's co-owner at the bar thank you so much for your time peter and i will see you back at the bar very soon thanks for having me sorry about the uh, airplane flying pass <laughs> to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app that's a-w-e-d-i-o available on google play or the app store